Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I've been a corporate flight attendant for over five years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. This is episode 14. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You guys, ratings are vital now that Apple Podcasts plan to examine content and ratings this year in 2021. I have almost 900 downloads for this podcast, which is awesome, and thank you so much. So I know you're listening. Please give me five stars and write a review if possible. Thank you so much. Freespiritpodcasts.com. That's podcasts with an S. You can check out all the podcasts in the Free Spirit Podcast brand at this website, and the best part you can check out and purchase my digital products and services made specifically for being a corporate flight attendant. And as you all know, I have my corporate flight attendant book, which you can now buy on the website. Yay, it's so easy. I do not repeat information from this podcast to the book, so it's all brand new information in my book. And another great product is my corporate flight attendant list bundle in which you will receive my catering order template to email your orders and lists such as catering go-tos, prep, deplane, and the sought after packing list, which makes pilots so happy. You can pay with Apple Pay, PayPal, or good old-fashioned credit card. So check it out at freespiritpodcasts.com and everything will be in the show notes. Some homework for this week. In the spirit of this week's topic, I wanted to refer you, get it, refer you, to a great podcast I found called Reach, a podcast for executive assistants. I've been delving into this podcast because being an EA or executive assistant, a PA or personal assistant, and a CFA, as you guys know, corporate flight attendant, all have stark similarities, especially when assisting the top 1%. Makes sense, right? And what to expect with, you know, the rich. You know, EAs, PAs, and us CFAs all deal with the same personalities, whether in the office, at home, or on a private jet. I will put the name in the show notes of this podcast again, so you can go back and refer to it. On to this week's topic, referrals. How do you get referred as a corporate flight attendant? This is it, guys. This is how you make it in the business. Referrals are everything. This is the only way I've received work. I don't have a LinkedIn account. I don't have a corporate flight attendant Facebook group or I didn't join one. I'm not even on Facebook. I didn't upload my resume to NBAA. I've only received work from word of mouth referrals. God, that's hard to say. <laughs> and that's, it's that simple, you know, where someone liked me and my work and they referred me to other pilots, flight attendants, et cetera. So let's say you're getting started in the business. How do you make it happen? How do you get the word out about how great you are? Because you are, you're all great. 
you're listening to this podcast, so you must be great, and how ready and excited you are to work. Because I know you're ready. You're excited. You're ready to fly. I've said this before. Be on point in training. When you go to that training, all eyes are on you. Make the best impression possible. From the minute you walk in to the pool drills, which, you know, you go in a pool and you do drills and absolutely no one likes them. Everyone hates chlorine, or at least I do, and I still have a smile on my face. It's Sometimes training can be exhausting, especially with some of these drills. It, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you keep a smile on your face and you show that you're a professional because that can go a long way. You can meet people in training who can help you. Now, I have more tips and really in-depth tips on how to network at training, but you got to read my book, so look in the show notes. If you've met a great flight attendant at training, reach out to them. Try to get them on the phone for five minutes so they can at least remember you from a phone call and try to volunteer to help them. Volunteer is the key word. They're not going to pay you. This is where you have to pay your dues and you have to say, okay, I'm willing to give up some of my free time to try to advance in this career. A chief pilot got me in touch with a top-notch FA or flight attendant in Teterboro and we talked on the phone for five minutes. She told me she was overwhelmed, so I volunteered to come help her stock items in the stockroom. To explain full-time FAs, again, flight attendants, have to keep items stocked or on hand at the hangar. These items are anything from toiletries, dishes, glasses, silverware, napkins, candy, hot towels, toilet paper, any items that would go on board, and obviously specific items to the principal or principals, what they like, what they prefer. And it's their responsibility to keep the plane stocked. I have only seen maybe once where the company has people who come in and stock it. Every account I've seen, the flight attendant stocks it. So that's a big part of the job is shopping for these items or ordering these items and then stocking these items. Anyway, this top-notch flight attendant didn't take me up on my offer, my volunteer offer to help her stock, but she seemed touched that I offered. She ended up referring me to a major corporation where I contracted for years. So just that one offer of help led me to a great contract job that lasted literally for years. And also from that long-term contract job, I still have four good friends from that job. So there you go. I also had a friend introduce me to another top-notch FA, again, flight attendant. She wanted, and she wanted to meet me in person. So I drove down to the hangar and met her in her stockroom. She showed me everything, including how to stock the plane, and it was a really nice introduction. I helped her carry large items on board. I saw how much stocking goes into a trip, which is really interesting to see if you haven't seen it before, especially with jet beds and bedding. Jet beds are the beds that are brought on board and put on the seats or the couch. So it makes the passengers feel like they're sleeping on a real bed. It's really nice, but they're really heavy and really expensive. 
She eventually hired me onto the account as a contractor, but not until a year later. It was, you know, it was a good account. She also referred me to other accounts. So in that year, I was able to work for two other accounts that she had referred me to. So what would make me want to refer someone to an account? Okay, here's the deal. You're thinking because I'm a contractor, why would anyone listen to me? I was on so many accounts and different accounts that I ended up meeting a lot of people and working with and hearing names of exceptional pilots and FAs. In fact, I was very good friends with a pilot who had a great account. It, it is the dream account. Trust me, he's in the sun right now in the cold months, golfing on his days off, and he gets paid really well. It's a dream account. So I referred my other pilot friend who was looking to move to a much better account. He ended up getting the job, and now he owes me for life. So there you go. <laughs> And, you know, when I refer someone in that way, I took a look at the account and said, okay, this person would work for you. I could have referred a lot of pilots, but I knew that person in particular would work really well with this group of male pilots. And it ended up working out. He's been working there for years now. I referred flight attendants who were at the top of their game because it's my word and my reputation. For example, one of the top-notch FAs I talked about, she had referred someone to an account and it ended up being a disaster trip. She was horrified, you know? She was one that said, hey, this person is really good. She then referred me for the next trip and it went well, so she was redeemed. So that's why I only refer a few people that I am sure and I know 100% are good. One woman who I've referred a good amount is exceptional. Everyone loves her. She always does a great job. No matter the pilots, no matter the passengers, um, no matter the challenges, the trip, whatever, she does an exceptional job. There's another woman I would do the same. I also have two other women I refer, but I have to be careful because their personalities only get along with specific crews and passengers. So I'm very careful with those two people. And yes, gentlemen, I have a man I do refer on occasion, though I've never met him. He's received so many rave reviews from my pilot friends that I do pass on his name. But I'm honest. I say, listen, I've never met this person, but I've heard he's exceptional, especially if you're looking for that high-end fine dining type of service. Essentially, it comes down to making that one connection. All it takes is one. If you make that connection, talk to them for a short time. Ask if you can help them in any way. That's the best way to market yourself and be referred. And also, once you begin to fly, simply do a great job on the entire trip. From the moment you get out of your car in the parking lot, to the moment you drive away at the end of the trip, you have to do an exceptional job. And I mean, not only on the plane and with the crew and passengers, that's a given, but when you're tired and jet lagged, you still have to have a great attitude. And when things don't go your way, you have to have a great attitude. There are gonna be challenges. There are gonna be weather challenges. There are gonna be 
time challenges and delays and catering and whatever. You have to keep calm and keep a good attitude. And when you're at the hotel, on the beach, poolside, you act professionally and don't cause drama. Pilots hate the drama, so do not cause it. If you can do these things and you can be great 100%, this is how you get referred over and over. And this is how I got referred. I just made sure, you know, I did everything to the best of my ability. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect, but I did everything I could to the best of my ability for every situation. And it, it doesn't seem like it would matter, but when you're at the hotel and a lot of times these director of aviations, if you fly with them, a lot of times these chief pilots, when you fly with them, they make a big deal out of going out to dinner. And a lot of times it's not food I would normally eat. I, I'm not into the steakhouse thing, whatever, but you just have to put a smile on your face and find something to order. You just have to do that to the best of your ability. Hold on, I have a question here. Uh, David is asking, how true is it that the pilots are underpaid? Interesting question. Okay, I'm gonna answer this even though I'm not a pilot, David. Pilots love to talk about in the cockpit how much they're paid. So I've heard a lot about how much they're paid. It depends on the account. It also depends on the company. If you're working for a charter company, yeah, you're not gonna be paid well. I'm just gonna be honest with you, you're not. And what you do is, I don't know if you're an aspiring pilot, David, it's the same with flight attendants, is you get your time in, you get a year or two in, you fly your butt off at these charter companies. You're not gonna be paid well, you're gonna be on the road all the time, you're not gonna have a life. And then that will bump you up so you have those two years of experience so you can move on and go to a better account. So it's very much paying your dues, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. And then you find the better account. I know you came on late, but I had talked about a pilot friend who I referred to an account, and now he has the dream job and he gets paid really well. He doubled his salary. So it's, it's a process of, I would say, moving up the ladder for pilots. Yeah, you're right. Are they underpaid to begin with? Also, I want to say that a lot of pilots get stuck, and flight attendants too, they get stuck in this kind of, how do I say this nicely, just not being motivated instead of having a plan and saying, you know what, I'm going to fly my butt off for two years, I'm not going to get paid well, I'm not going to have a life, and then after two years, I'm going to have my dream account, which is most likely moving on to a corporate account where everything's scheduled out and you get paid a lot more. If you have that plan and you go in with that mindset, that will help you in corporate aviation because you realize, okay, I just need to do this for two years and, and move on with my life. Those who have that plan do really well, but good question. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the question, David. I will drop another episode most likely around the end of March. And I like to drop episodes on Fridays, so look out for that and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All right, until next time, happy flying.